Good morning. Good morning, Rabotai. Welcome to Breakfast in the Class. Breakfast in the Class today is sponsored by Stephen Rappaport. <laughs> you wish them for the birds. Hashem says, you don't like my birds? I got you. Someone's going to blow leaves or it's, it's the biggest hair dryer in your life. That was priceless. By the way, Hashem and all the angels right now are dying of laughter. They're rolling around, metaphysically rolling around in laughter right now. Okay. <laughs> Is that it? You done? <laughs> I love your birds, Hashem. Send me back the birds. <laughs> if the birds can get rid of the guy with the leaf blower, like Alfred Hitchcock. <laughs> okay. Let's go. Today's Breakfast in the Class is sponsored by Stephen Rappaport, the Breakfast King, dedicated in loving memory and Leilui Nishmat, Shimon Merab Yitzchak Masuda, patriarch of the Shatrit family. He asked for so little and gave so much of himself. Also, Breakfast in the Class is dedicated for the speedy and complete Fuash and Amar Rabbani, Chana Farhi, Chana Batsima Fega, and Eliyahu Shimon and Mazal Fortuna. Uh, also dedicated in loving memory of Carol Ruth Goldberg Arbis Alea Shalom, Leilui Nishmat Chayel Rochel Bat. Benyamin, Aleya Shalom, for her first yard site, sponsored by her son Daniel Arbis. Dan is not with us today. Uh, today is the yard site of his mother. Remember her passing and uh, that difficult time. Uh, it's like it was so short ago, such almost exactly one year. The also dedicated loving memory of Moshe Dabali Shmat, Moshe Ben Gassum, sponsored by Barbara and Haim Daba. Uh, and the, uh, the week of cold brew is sponsored by David E. Ash in honor of you. And you have substantial capacity to go today and every day. My friends, let us begin. I quoted earlier to you the words of the Syrian song. Shesh besivan bo natan ha-Torah le-Yisrael. Sixth of Sivan, did God give the Torah? Now the Gemara describes the day that God gave the Torah. However, the Gemara then tells us something remarkable. Gemara in Shabbat. If you're a person who could pick up a Gemara yourself and study or pick up an art scroll and study, worthwhile going through the Gemarot in Masechet Shabbat that describe the story and the lead up to and everything that happened at Har Sinai. It's Gemara Shabbat, page uh, 87, Amud Bet. So page 87, it's two, three pages worth, fascinating, beautiful Gemaras. They'll get you in the zone for Shabbat. But the Gemara tells us something very interesting. Moshe, Moshe Rabbeinu, Hosif Yom Echad Mida'ato. He added one more day, Mida'ato, from his own knowledge. Look, it worked, Mark. Hashem, uh, you heard our prayers. He added one day Mida'ato from his, from his own knowledge. Now, what does that mean? Moshe added one extra day. God told him, this is the day for Kabbalat Torah. And Moshe Rabbeinu was like, uh, no. What does that mean? What's that? What does that mean? The Chachamim explains something unbelievable. And I, I want to share this with you because the, the idea for this comes from the Magen Abraham. The Magen Abraham writes that if, you, uh, if a person t- pays attention, you know, what are we saying on the day of the receiving of the Torah? What do we say? Right? We say, like on, on, uh, in the Ya'alev Yavo, in the uh, extra prayers that we say on the other holidays, what do we say? Today is the day of Cherutenu, Zeman Cherutenu. Right? What do we say on Shabbat? On Shabbat? Zman 
Matan Toratenu. The day of the giving of the Torah. And the Magen Abraham points out that we're not saying the day of the reception of the Torah. Zman Matan Toratenu. Now to me there's something very interesting here. Because on the one hand, we have the day of Shavuot, the day that God gives the Torah. Then we have the day effectively that Moshe Rabbeinu delays the receiving of the Torah midato, from his own knowledge. And the question is, what are we celebrating if it was pushed off on that original Shavuot one extra day? And the Chachamim explains something remarkable. That the day that we celebrate is the day that God gave the Torah. We needed another day. So how is that the day of Shavuot? And he says something so beautiful. He said that Moshe pushed off the holiday because he realized that Am Yisrael was not yet ready. With the humility to be able to say that this gift, God, that you're giving, this spiritual uh, um, inheritance, legacy, destiny that you're handing the Jewish people, we're not yet ready for it. We need another day. The ability to know, to realize, to feel I'm not ready. I need more preparation. I need to get in the zone. I need to clear my head. I need to be focused. I need to get rid of distractions. That is also part and parcel of the reception of the Torah. So don't think that the day of Shavuot is a day later. <coughs> On the seventh day, not the sixth day. Because the next day, we actually physically took it in our hands. That was not the day that you got married. You got married the day before. Part of getting married is the process, the humility to be able to do, to be able to say, I'm not ready. I'm not on the level. I'm not on the level to receive this gift. God, you're bestowing something on me that I'm not worthy of. And I always loved the symmetry of the person who himself has this realization. You know, there's a famous expression in Chazal. We say, this person, he speaks beautifully. He says beautiful things. But also, he's also, he wonderfully keeps the mitzvot that he talks about keeping. Moshe Rabbeinu, over here, when he said that the Jews are not ready, we're not ready for this, my friends, where did that come from? It came from a heart that had the humility to say and to feel those words in his own life. You know, some people are wonderful at being humble for other people. You know, one of my grandpa, Allah Shalom, one of his favorite, he used to love to tell me jokes. One of his favorite jokes is a story about the rabbi and the hazan on Rosh Hashanah, on Kippur, sorry. The rabbi is praying, all of a sudden, in a tremendous emotion, he, you know, he falls to his knees in front of uh, the teba, and he says, God, in front of you, I'm nothing. The chazan looks at the rabbi. You know, he thinks the rabbi is nothing. What does that make me? Also, he's very emotional. He falls on his knees and he says, God, I'm also nothing. Anyway, all of a sudden, one of the eyes in the shul, right? You know, he, if one comes one day a year, he sees that this is how the rabbi feels. The chazan feels me. I'm only here. He falls down on his knees. God, in front of you, I'm nothing. Anyway, the chazan looks at the rabbi. And he says, who does this guy think he is that he thinks he's nothing? Yeah, you understand? There's some people, that the, that the idea of humility, right, is, it's not genuine. It's not real. You know what, guys? I don't know. I don't think you're ready for this. I don't think you're ready. You know, 
Moshe Rabbeinu wasn't putting something on somebody else. It was the way he felt. When Moshe experienced revelation from God, uh, God calls out to him and he says, Moshe, and he says, here I am. And he offers him uh, this unbelievable opportunity. What does Moshe say? I'm not worthy of the opportunity you're bestowing on me. And the irony is that what makes someone worthy of receiving this great gift from God, the gift of communication with God, the gift of connection with God, what is the prerequisite? The prerequisite is not feeling worthy enough, complete. That's what a person needs in order to be able to receive the Torah. It is the humility of Moshe that makes him worthy of being that Navi. It is the humility of the Jewish people. And in, in accepting, when Moshe said, we're not ready, people didn't say, yeah, we are. We are ready. Let's go. Bring it on. Right? The people did run early to edit Israel. The people did do things without Moshe's leadership. But over here, they didn't argue on Moshe. Moshe said, you're not ready, we're not ready. My friends, I want to explain what this means. Because in our world, lots of times, when people feel that they're not worthy or they're not enough, it's not a sign of humility. It's a sign of our broken times where people do not have the self-confidence to be able to do, to think, to innovate, to take risks. Everybody wants to get rich quick and we want to do things that are proven. We want to have no risk and maximum reward. But it doesn't work like that. The reason why you have maximum reward is because there's risk. That's how it works. So when people today or have this feeling, I'm not worthy, you know, I'm not ready, you know, we yell at them. We have to w pull them up, wake them up, because it's not a genuine feeling of humility. What is true humility? It means understanding who you are, what you are, what you bring to the table, but also recognizing that, you know what, that's not something that should make me proud or arrogant. I was born with those gifts. I was gifted those gifts. Hashem gave me superior intelligence. Hashem gave me a father or a mother <clears throat> that taught me and guided me the right way. I got fantastic schooling. I got to meet an amazing mentor. If someone else with my exact makeup was to have been given my life and my choices and my privilege and my experiences, maybe they would be doing even better than me. So worthiness or not worthiness is not this meek, lack of self-confidence that is prevalent today, especially in young people. A feeling of inadequacy. Our inadequacy comes not from not seeing our gifts, but from seeing our gifts and being humbled by them. Hashem, you've given me so much, but without you, I'm nothing. Without what I have, what am I? Without what I was given, what am I? That's what Moshe Rabbeinu understands. Moshe says it's true. I'm the biggest Navi in the whole world. How does he know that and still be anav? Now, I pointed something out. So most people's answer to that is, Moshe didn't know that. Moshe did not know, did not feel, that he was the biggest Navi that ever lived. And I brought a very interesting proof. Moshe Rabbeinu was a Jew, correct? Right? Laughable. Of course. <laughs> of course. Moshe Rabbeinu was a Jew. Yes? Rambam rules that if a person does not believe that Moshe was Adon HaNevi'im, the greatest Navi, greatest prophet that ever lived and that ever will live, he's Apikores. Now, is, is Moshe a Jew? Does this rule then apply to him? That means that Moshe was obligated by the Halakha 
to believe that he was the biggest Navi that ever lived. He had no choice in this. Unless you want to say Moshe was Apikores, he had to believe that. How do you simultaneously believe you're the biggest Navi in the world and also feel like the most humble person in the world? Sorry? Anyone before Moshe Rabbeinu does not, does not have the halakha of a Yehudi according to most Rishonim. They had the name of a Jew, right? But they were still Kodem Matan Torah. Alright? And at that point, part of the reason why it is an imperative of our religion and our faith to believe that Moshe was the greatest Navi is so that the rule and the Torah that God gave can and never will be superseded by any other Navi telling you it's true that Moshe said that I'm a bigger Navi. Okay? So part and parcel of believing in the Torah required a person to be able to know that that Torah could never be supplanted, okay? Prior to that time, we didn't have this issue. So how does Moshe know that? And the answer is very simple. Moshe knows he's the biggest Navi, except he also knows that he was born into this world and the whole house was filled with light. And he was born into this world and he already had a Brit Milah. Morris Abraham turned up and Yocheved said, sorry, we don't need you. He's already had the Brit Milah. Mara said, no problem. And then he did Brit Milah on 94 other people. Okay? One of the most unbelievable Mohalim uh, I ever met in my life. Guys, you understand this? Moshe knew he was the best. Moshe knew he was the greatest. But Moshe also knew that God created him in this super special way. And therefore, the fact that he was the greatest, that was just him performing two expectations. I love the line in Masechet Avot. Im Torah If you studied much Torah, Don't think yourself, you're so amazed. Why? Ki Most people misunderstand this Mishnah. They think that the Mishnah only means, don't be prideful that you're studying Torah, you learned a lot of Torah, you know why? That's why Hashem created you. This is your obligation, your responsibility. But I always translate the Mishnah differently. You learned a lot of Torah. Great. You were created in a way which allows you to do that. You were given a great memory. Or you were given great analytical skills. Or you were given a family. Or you were given an education. You were created to do that. Now let me ask you. Imagine as an example, I buy a pencil. All of a sudden I realize this pencil is ridiculous. It also writes pen. It also writes with a marker. It also writes, you know, rainbow colors. Glitter. Unbelievable. Now I'm very happy with this, with this pencil. I thought I only bought a pencil. How about if I bought a magic pen, pencil, uh, glitter, uh, you know, uh, highlighter combo? If one of those things is broken, what do I do? I return it. That's what I bought. I bought something that was built for that. So the expectation is that it produces, that it does all the things that you, that you put into it, that it was created to do. Moshe Rabbeinu has no arrogance whatsoever knowing his great stature. But he also understands that he was built that way. My friends, if you're sitting in a Torah class, if you're listening to this recording, I want you to understand how amazing you are. In a world with 8 billion people, how many people are there that are studying Torah each and every day? That are focused on bettering themselves in their midot, in their mitzvot, in their ma'asim tovim. How many? We Jews, how many? What's the proportion of uh, of people that we make up in this world. Not 1%, not half a percent. 0.02% of the population. You're a fraction so small, 
that if you rounded it to the complete, closest complete number, it would be zero. With zero percent of the population. Zero percent of the people. 0.02 people. And by the way, even in the Jewish people. Parmenan, there are Jews who are 100% kosher Jews. They're born to fathers and mothers that were Jewish since the beginning of time. And their knowledge of Judaism is zero. And their connection to Judaism is zero. And how is it that Jew married Jew, married Jew, married Jew? How is it that they pass this along? Happy, go lucky, coincidence, slash mazal, slash uh, reward for some great ancestor, however long ago, that there was Moser Nefesh for Judaism. They happen to have made it through. With their Judaism meaning nothing to them, they're still makpid and tell their kids, have to marry Jewish. Why? If it means nothing to you. So we are a mi'ut, a minority, of a mi'ut, of a minority that understands this mission. But don't be arrogant with your religion. Don't look down on people who know less than you because you have it. He lekach no tzarta. for that you were created, might be a physical part of your creation. Your head, your mind, your heart. It might be that, you know, some people, they just, they swing that way. You know, they're spiritual. Before they were religious, they were spiritual. They taught deep conversations. You know, and a guy, you meet a guy, I could tell, you have one conversation with the guy. You say this, you can, t- I can tell to myself, I know this guy in six months is going to be like more religious than me. Why? Because they know nothing and they're so spiritual. And I say spiritual, I don't mean that they do yoga. I mean that I meditate every day. Guy will tell you, Rabbi, you know, I never really learned anything. I don't speak Hebrew. My parents never sent me to a Jewish school. My father was anti-religion. You know, but since I was a child, every morning I woke up and the first thing I did was I thanked God for creating me. And basically, you guys are already saying Modani. You don't even know what Modani is. And then I would sit and close my eyes and silently repeat all the things I was grateful to Hashem for and, and ask Him to give me all these things for my new... Guy's basically doing the Amidah. He don't even know what he's doing. There are people. That's how Hashem created them. But what Hashem exposes you to is also we are not only created, the sum of our creation is not only the physical attributes that we were born with, which lend a a greater ability to be able to study, to grow, to develop. Some things are growth uh, in our path, growth in our lives, because of things that we meet after we're born. You know, if I asked many of you why you feel connected to Judaism, to Torah, to mitzvot, to prayers. Most of you, if I ask you, when was the moment you'd be able to point to a specific teacher, a rabbi in your youth, the youth minyan in wherever, you'd be able to, to say it was this person. And I ask, what would have happened if you didn't meet that person? If you did not come across that youth rabbi, that leader, you did not go to that Jewish camp. What would have happened if you didn't come across this podcast and that woke you up to what you... I don't know. What would have happened? You'd still be outside of this beautiful bubble of Torah, of mitzvot, of growing, of development. Why did God make sure 
that you, that you met, not everyone gets that chance. So number one, the first thing I'll say is to have the humility to recognize, to, to not be arrogant enough to think that you know what, I'm so special, I'm so wonderful. You're so special because you had the chance. You're so special because you were born into it. You're so special because you met that rabbi or Rebbitzin. You got that podcast. You went to that camp. And by the way, I always say there's two things. Call that person. Send them an email. Let them know that they changed your life. You have a responsibility of thanks, of gratitude to that person. That, and by the way, you may have many different folks in the road. Your sixth grade rabbi and the, the eighth grade chesed person and the, you know, the, 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 the college campus rabbi that invited you to the said I don't know. Everybody's got their own trajectory. Reach out to those people and say thank you, number one. Number two, if you got the chance, feel, experience, think that it is your holy duty to be able to create or to be that chance for somebody else. Because you're looking at someone, you're like, this guy is not interested. Rabbi, don't waste your time. I wonder what would have happened if I didn't waste my time on you. That's what I think when I hear somebody says that. Rabbi, all these people coming to the shul, eh, they're not really, the guy, I saw he brought his phone to shul on Shabbat. I didn't want to say it, but I remember when he was carrying his shul, his phone to shul. Now he's so much better. Now he's looking down. Do you understand? Who does this guy think he is that he thinks he's nothing? If you got the chance, give the chance. Hashem should bless us, Be'ezat Hashem, that we should be zokhe, to experience the receiving of the Torah. And part of the receiving of the Torah is not just taking the book, taking the luchot from Hashem in that moment. Part of receiving the Torah, says the Magen Avraham, is the ability to say, I'm not worthy of this. I'm not special because of it. I was chosen. That's the blessing. Understand what that means? When you go up to the Torah and you make that blessing, you're saying, thank you, Hashem. There are goyim that are born into this world who find their way back to Judaism, who find their way through a difficult uh, gerut and eventually become part of Am Yisrael. Those people are part and parcel of Am Yisrael's story. Without Gerim, we don't have Rabbi Akiva. We don't have Ruta Moabiyah. We don't have Mashiach. We don't have Shmaya the Avtalion. We don't have Rabbi Meir. The pillars of Judaism. One after the next, after the next, after the next. So my friends, never look down on someone that doesn't have. Thank God that you have it. Asher baharbanu. We call him, you chose us, God. Part of part of staying true to Torah and truly receiving it is understanding that it was God giving us a gift, choosing us, allowing us to be able to have this. And then, once I have it, understanding that I have responsibilities because of it. Hashem should bless us in these days prior to this holiday to be able to understand what it means uh, to be a Jew, what it means to be a person who receives Torah, to work on our anava, on our humility, not to minimize ourselves, 
not to apologize and become this person that looks that's not anav that's person playing the caricature of an anav an anav is not less bold than Moshe Rabbeinu standing up against Korach's rebellion an anav is not less bold than standing up to the biggest mighty superpower in the world you imagine Moshe biggest anav he He walks into Paro tell Paro tells Paro what's what he splits the sea. He brings the manna down from the heavens. He goes up to receive the Torah. Comes down, throws the luchot down, makes his own decision to break the luchot. And God says, Hazar Baruch on that decision. It's in that Gemara I told you to learn. Comes down, pulverizes, destroys uh, the, the golden calf. This is a guy who destroys idols, receives Torah, does miracles, unafraid. Still Anav. Still the biggest Anav that ever lived. Hashem should bless us to be able to bring that humility into our world, into our life, and then our Torah will be genuine. It will not be some sort of game that we play to feel better and bigger than other people. It will be uh, a true act of service to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Yesterday, I was at a beautiful wedding. I want to wish my Zalto to the Dishi and Duer families. But the rabbi that did the wedding, his name was Rabbi Nazarov. And every time he says his name, he says, and I... And I will do, and I will. He always added two words. He says, and I, Evet Hashem. And I, the servant of God, the slave of God, will perform the Kiddushin. And the rabbi, Rabbi Farhi, and, and I, Evet Hashem, are going to sign the Kitubah. If he's saying that he's in a position of importance, he always has to make sure to show and to throw in that this position of importance comes from Eved Hashem. What a beautiful way of speaking, of reminding oneself that in order to receive Torah, a person needs to maintain that level of humility saying, I'm not ready. I'm not yet worthy. Give me one more day. I want to be as ready as I can possibly be. May Hashem bless us to be true Mekableh Torah. Baruch Adonai Le'olam.